The 11th chapter of the book of Hebrews is called the faith chapter. It talks about people who from long ago showed great faith and the Almighty worked miracles in their lives. We're going to read near the end of the chapter a summary of some of the, uh, the miracles that these people enjoyed, the victories they enjoyed. We're going to begin in verse 32, and we're going to read through verse 34. What shall I say more? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak, of Samson, of Jephthah, of David also, and Samuel and of the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Verse 35 begins with, women received their dead, raised to life again. Yes, there were great victories that were wrought because they had faith in the Almighty. But verse 35 doesn't end there. We're going to read through the second part of verse 35 down to verse 40. And others were tortured, not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others had a trial of cruel mockings and scourgings, yea, moreover of bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn asunder, they were tempted, were slain with the sword, they wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, and tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in caves and in dens and in caves of the earth. And all these having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. God, having provided something better for us, that they might, without us, should not be made perfect. In this passage, the writer of Hebrews talks about people who showed great faith and in victories, but others were tortured. Others were mocked. Others were, were whipped. Others were stoned and sawn in half. They were slain with a sword. They wandered destitute and lived in deserts and caves. These two were heroes of faith. There is a, a teaching that has been very uh, widespread over the past few years called the prosperity message. It basically says that the Almighty loves us and he wants to do good to his children. Yes, this is true. But he doesn't always do things the way we understand. Our understanding is very limited. So we see these heroes of faith, the second, second half of this list, these heroes of faith suffered. They were tortured and they lived in deserts. They were hunted. Many were killed, stoned, sawn in half, but they were heroes of faith. So if someone has faith, does that mean that things will always go well? Apparently not. We're going to look at the prosperity message in light of Paul's second letter to the Corinthians. So would you turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 9. In this passage, Paul talks about an affliction that he has. We're going to read 7 through 9. And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, 
There was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Messiah may rest on me. Paul talks about an affliction. He refers to it as a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan who buffeted him. He records that he asked the Almighty three times to take this away. Paul was told, my grace is sufficient for thee. Most people interpret this passage that Paul had some affliction, possibly a problem with his eyes, which he seems to uh, mention tangentially quite frequently, possibly a lasting effect of being struck blind on the road to Damascus, and that he endured this, this affliction. Other people, however, interpret this passage quite differently. When our Savior says, my grace is sufficient for thee, these people believe that the Almighty showed enough grace that if Paul believed, he would be healed of his affliction, and he was healed according to their interpretation. However, the next verse doesn't seem to support this. Verse 10 reads, Therefore I take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches and necessities and persecutions and distresses for Messiah's sake, for when I am weak, then am I strong. So Paul says he has pleasures. He takes pleasures in infirmities and persecutions and distresses. This implies that he continued to have severe challenges throughout his life. We're going to look and continue to look through this book and try to understand Paul's attitude about suffering. Does it occur? I mean, the basics, does it occur? We're going to continue in chapter 1, and we're going to look at verses 4 through 10, 3 through 10. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord, Yeshua HaMashiach, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. For as the sufferings of Messiah abound in us, so our consolation also abounds by Messiah. Whether we be afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation, which is effectual in the enduring of the same sufferings which we also suffer. Or whether we be comforted, it is for your consolation and salvation. And our hope of you is steadfast, knowing that as ye are partakers of the suffering, so shall ye also be partakers of the consolation. For we would not, brethren, have you to be ignorant of our trouble which came to us in Asia, that we were pressed out of measure above strength, insomuch that we despaired even of life. But we had the sentence of death in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God, which raises the dead, who delivers us from so great a death, and doth deliver us, in whom we trust that he will yet deliver us again. Paul says that the Almighty comforts us. Why would he comfort us if we didn't need comfort, if we weren't in some sort of distress? Paul says specifically the comforts that we receive are because of tribulations. Paul says that the sufferings of Messiah abound in us. He adds in verse 8 that he had gone through so many great trials that he was even despaired of life. And yet, he said the Almighty would deliver him. Did Paul believe that followers of Yeshua would suffer? Most assuredly, he said, the sufferings of Messiah abound in us.
Did everything go smoothly for Paul? Obviously not. Not the way he had hoped. We're going to continue on. Chapter 4, verses 8 through 12. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Yeshua, that the life also of Messiah might be made manifest in our body. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Yeshua's sake, that the life also of Yeshua might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. So then death works in us, but life in you. Paul went through a lot. He said, we're troubled on every side. We're distressed. We are persecuted. Things do not go smoothly all the time. Yes, God does miracles and God did miracles for Paul. But Paul went through a lot of persecution. He's going to um, elaborate on this suffering in chapter 6. We're going to pick up verses 4 through 10. But in all things, approving ourselves as the ministers of God in much patience, in afflictions, in necessities, and distresses, in stripes, imprisonments, and tumults, and labors, and watchings, and fastings, by pureness, by knowledge, by long suffering, by kindness, by the Holy Spirit, by love unfeigned, by the word of truth, by the power of God, by the armor of righteousness on the right hand and on the left, by honor and dishonor, by evil report and good true, good report as deceivers and yet true, as unknown and yet well-known, as dying and behold, we live and chastened is not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, as having nothing yet possessing all things. What is Paul saying here? Paul says, we had stripes, we had imprisonments, we had afflictions, but we look at it in a different way. We rejoice because we're serving God. We're going to turn back to chapter 4 for just a moment and read verses 16 through 18. For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Paul refers to these trials that he goes through as light affliction. Well, wait a minute. Didn't we just read in chapter 8 that he had gone through through terrible, uh, chapter 6, he'd gone through terrible afflictions, and he's calling them light afflictions? In chapter 8, in the first two verses, Paul says that these trials are not just his trials. Chapter 8, verses 1 and 2. More of a brethren, we do you to know of the grace of God bestowed on the congregations of Macedonia, how they in great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. Paul is saying that the congregations in Macedonia went through a great trial of affliction. They were going through poverty, he says. It wasn't just Paul. It was all the believers. Paul repeats some of the trials he went through and, and adds some details in chapter 11. We're going to read verse 23 through 29. Are they ministers of Messiah? I speak as a fool. I am more. 
in labors more abundant, in stripes above measure, in prisons more often, in deaths often. Of the Judeans, five times received I forty stripes, save one. Three times was I beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day I've been in the deep. In journeyings often, in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils by my own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger and thirst and fastings often, in cold and nakedness, besides those things that are without that which cometh upon me daily, the cares of the congregations. Who is weak? Am not I weak? Who is offended? Am I burned not? And I burn not? Paul says here, he was beaten. He said, five times I got 39 whippings, 39 stripes. Three times I was beaten in ro- with rods. I was stoned. I suffered a shipwreck. Is this what the prosperity message would share with people? That these things can't happen unless you have faith? Obviously, it does happen. Paul experienced persecution. Paul experienced trials. Paul was familiar with suffering. And he said that the suffering of Messiah abounds in all of us. But remember, Paul refers to the Almighty as the God of all comfort. Yes, we go through trials, but the Almighty can deliver us from those trials. And even when he does not deliver us from those trials, Paul says they are only light trials compared to the glory that we shall receive. Remember, this is being said by someone who was stoned, someone who was someone who was beaten five times. He said, these are light trials. Does Paul preach a prosperity message? Yes, he does, but not the type of prosperity that's being preached today. Paul preaches that our faith is in a God who can deliver us now, although he doesn't always, just as we read in the book of Hebrews. Paul says our faith is in a God who will give a reward, a glorious reward in the hereafter, in the world to come. That great reward is what we're waiting for. That is the prosperity we're looking for. Yes, it's wonderful when things go well here and we want, we want them to. We pray for this. We pray for each other. But the prosperity we're looking for is a prosperity that the world can't understand, just like the peace that we have is not the peace that the world gives. Remember, as you're reading through the scripture, remember as you're looking at your friends suffer or you suffer or loved ones suffer, the afflictions of Messiah are found in all of his people. But he will, he will come and save us. He will comfort us. And those that sow with tears will reap in joy. This is the prosperity message of the scripture.